With an entrepreneurial mindset, it is easy to come up with sound business ideas. However, coming up with a business idea does not mean you're equipped to execute that idea. You may lack certain skills. Moreover, you may lack the passion to successfully execute that idea. There's no place for lack in the scope of entrepreneurialism. A successful business is not effortless. Even starting an online business is not easy. Entrepreneurship is a hot topic and stories about Sarah Blakely, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Tory Burch, Steve Jobs, and Jeff Bezos abound. People want to know more about the people who have changed the world through their inventions, innovativeness, drive, beliefs, and passion. Much is said about their possession of an entrepreneurial mindset. This mindset refers to a specific state of mind which orientates our conduct towards entrepreneurial activities and outcomes. Individuals with entrepreneurial mindsets are often drawn to opportunities, innovation, and new value creation. Characteristics include the ability to take calculated risks and accept the realities of change and uncertainty. Today, we have invited Dr. Nathan Unruh, an entrepreneur, author, and educator dedicated to enhancing your life. After more than two decades of chiropractic practice at his office in Vive, he has transformed thousands of lives, inspiring and educating other chiropractic business owners with his sidecar method. He is the author of three books, Digit, Strike It, and Chrome, and a renowned public speaker. In addition to running multiple businesses, he is married and is the proud father of three children. His business mindset is well-developed and progressive. Please join us as we focus. Thank you, Dr. Unruh, for visiting with Focus 605 on the entrepreneur mindset. There's so much to discuss, so let's get started. How has a career in medicine helped shape you personally? Great question. You know, I grew up in a chiropractic family. And growing up in a chiropractic family, I started working in my dad's office at the age of 15. So I got to see the impact of what chiropractic could do for people from little babies to over 100 years old people coming in and so I, I fell in love with the profession at a very young age and didn't know I was going to do anything different didn't know there was anything different so that just kind <laughs> That's of shaped neat. me yeah 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 um with you being in your dad's practice there and seeing it at an early age where were you just inspired you're like this is what I'm going to do. And this is where kind of my, my passion it, to help out others and get them on a better path in life. Yeah. I think the, the opportunity to serve people in that capacity and that being my, a, a platform and watching my dad doing it now going 40 years. Yeah. Um, so starting at a really young age, it created the opportunity. And I think probably one of the biggest things I didn't realize then that I realize now I was a chiropractor number one, but as a small business owner, Yep. more importantly mm -hmm. and that freedom and opportunity to run a business how I want to run a business and to be able to create great experiences for people is what even still today still still drives me mm -hmm. and and I love it too like you just said serving folks and 
experiences, customer service, I think that's so important in the world we live in today as human beings. If you serve someone, take care of them, and have a genuine, general interest, they really appreciate you as a human being, but just as a business owner as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think as you pull that apart for a lot of businesses, I don't care if you're selling water, you're selling cell phones, you're selling chiropractic. Those are just our widgets, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's not what we do, but how do you do it? Yep. And when you fall in love with how to deliver it and deliver it in a different way, that's what really differentiates yourself in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Separates you just like yep. any other person, and then that's what's going to keep having them come back and refer others and family members, so on and so forth. That's right. So. Agreed. And then how do you stay current on new techniques and therapies? You know, one of the things that uh, we live by is, and I try to live by, is nothing gets better till we get better. Mm -hmm. So um, we truly believe training is everything. Training is something we do, not something we did. So things that I do is that, number one, try to read three to four books a month. Oh, wow. um, I am constantly training in different training platforms with different thought leaders. Also finding, trying to stay abreast of what's going on even in the chiropractic profession. How do I get better, mm -hmm. at, my, get better at my trade? That's good. <clears throat> I feel too. Um, we never stop training. <laughs> you know, yes. Just as human beings and as business owners and business professionals too. Yeah. If you want to be the top at your level and everything to take care of your customers, you're always training it, like you mentioned. Yeah. Figuring out what what you need to do better or reading books or so on and so forth. Or yeah. even asking other professionals that are very successful in your industry. Yeah. When I, I, I love that when you start talking about training, you get me all juiced up because if you look at anything around us, anybody around us that's ever achieved anything really great, they just fall in love with the desire to constantly get better. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you look at the Navy SEALs, you look at some of the greatest athletes, like right now we're watching the Olympics. Right. That stage is amazing and the amount of training that gets to be a peak performer. I think as business owners, we forget that sometimes. We think it's just about our competencies but we don't work on all the hard skills and soft skills and all those things that take make us great business owners. Yeah, and I always think, like you mentioned, though, like the Olympics, all these males and females on how they practice and train their whole lifetime to yeah. be at this stage. Yeah. For and one minute. For one minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 10 amazing. seconds, you're running 100, you got 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I give them all the credit in the world for yeah. doing what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, how has your personal background and upbringing shaped you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, that, that was pull apart that word entrepreneur because I, I think for a lot of years I chased that idea of what, what is an entrepreneur. And I think it's a, it's a misunderstood term. If you really look at the entrepreneur, all the entrepreneur worries about is to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. I think in today's day and age when we talk entrepreneurship, people think money or building big businesses. Mm -hmm. But really it's about an idea to solve people's problems. It is. Mm -hmm. So I read a book uh, called The E-Myth, and The E-Myth was written by Michael Gerber. And in that book, he pulls apart the mindset of an entrepreneur. And that really changed the way I think about entrepreneurship. And then I started to look at my upbringing. My dad and those people around me were always trying to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's where they got the juice. It was never first about the money. It was always about how do we solve a problem, right? And that's entrepreneurship. It is, and I think that goes hands in hand in hand with sales as well. 
until you solve a problem, no no money will be exchanged. Exactly. For that. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. And overall, what is the single most important reason for your success? Is that kind the of single tight? Most, yeah, yeah. The yeah. single most. Single the, most. The, the, silver, <laughs> the silver bullet. The silver bullet. Uh, I love that question. Uh, you know, and I, I would break it down like this. It's an acronym I came up with many years ago. And that question would be asked. PPD, purpose, passion, and discipline. Okay. So purpose. You know, what's your purpose? Why do you get your butt out of bed every morning? Right. You know, are you like, thank God it's morning or good God it's morning? <laughs> so I think it starts with the purpose. And the purpose is your big why statement. You know, we read about the Simon Sinek, start with why. We read about all those great authors of really what is the purpose. First of all, if you don't have the right why, it's going to be very difficult to do the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And when your why is big enough, the hows take care of themselves. So I think the single most thing is start with a purpose. Then you couple that with passion. Mm -hmm. Now, passion is also a misunderstood word, I think. Because if you look up the, the root meaning of passion, it means to suffer for. Mm. But when you ask most people, because I'm just not passionate about it. They're looking for some blissful feeling. Mm. Well, it's not a blissful feeling. You know, it's really what are you, what are you willing to suffer for? Is your purpose and your why big enough? And then the third, the, the D, discipline. Do you have the ability to discipline your thoughts, discipline your actions, discipline your behaviors to really go execute on that on that purpose? So I know I wrapped a lot into that single. No, that, that makes sense. But then if I couple a little bit more with it, mm -hmm. then it takes really heart. Are you willing to give more than you get? Do you have the, the hustle muscle? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to work harder than anybody else? Get up earlier, stay up later, do the things you're not comfortable with. And then do you have the humility to say, you know what? I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm going to get around people who are. And that's what shapes you. So I think when you wrap PPD into which I, that I call the H3 formula, heart, humility, and hustle, mm. you put those two things together, I think it's a good ingredient for success. That sounds awesome. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> With you being a successful business owner here, Dr. Unruh, what advice would you give someone just starting a business? You know, JJ, I think the first thing is, is number one, find why you're doing it, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes some people say, well, I can't I haven't quite found my why. I just start taking action. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing that people make the mistake. I've been around a lot of successful people, a lot of great entrepreneurs, and there's a difference between those people that get things done and don't get things done, and it really comes down to action. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to pivot, willing to adapt. So if you're, when you're starting a business, don't wait for all the stars to align. Start moving, mm -hmm. and start moving towards what, what are you trying to solve? What is your big why? And if you can't articulate your why, you gotta start there. Mm-hmm. Because then that get, will motivate you to get out of bed every day. And I think as human beings, too, I feel like we have social media and all that kind of stuff and yeah. other people's opinions slowing yeah. us down yeah. and taking action. Right. And I think the best advice that you gave, just move forward, just do it. Yeah. What's the worst can happen? Yeah. Fail? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you got to be willing to fail. Yeah, you got to be willing to fail. And what's failure anyway? What, the failure to me is to stop trying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the Thomas Edison, you know, when the guy asked him, goes, what are you doing with this light bulb thing? I mean, you failed now 10,000 times. He goes, I didn't fail 10,000 times. 
I figured out 10,000 ways not to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all perspective, yeah. right? It's all perspective. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I always love it too. Some very successful people said, if, if you're not learning, or if you're not trying, you're not learning and everything. So you just got to keep moving. That's right. So. Yeah. I think, you know, there's one of uh, author that I follow and done a great deal of training is with Grant Cardone. And I think he, mm -hmm. He, you know, has a book called the 10X oh, yeah. and the 10X is really that it's all about action. And there's really four types of action. Number one, retreat, mm -hmm. right? Run away from whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. Number one, take no action. Correct. Number three, average action. And then number four, massive action. And the, and the most dangerous one is average. Mm -hmm. You think you're doing something, mm -hmm. you're being busy, being busy, but you're not being productive. Right. So you have to take massive action towards what you're trying to go accomplish. And with Grant Cardone too, going towards massive action, I think a lot of people fall in the average action just because they're trying to fill up their schedule or their daily, yeah. Um, yeah. daily schedule. And then if you go above and beyond and just write your goals down and just yeah. think, just dropping out, doing gimmick follow-ups, just yeah. following up, get in front of people, go yeah. in chamber mixers yeah. and, even have events after work and everything. Yeah. That that's going to pay off in the long run and everything and yeah. majority of folks kind of fall into that. Yeah, and I think a good exercise, I do this exercise once a month myself is I do a time optimization exercise. Write down everything you do for a day. Every 15 minutes, what are you doing? Then look at those tasks and say, "You know what? Is that task going to get me any closer to my vision?" That's a good point. Should I do it? Should I dump it? Or should I delegate de delegate it? Because mm -hmm. you shouldn't be doing everything. Mm -hmm. no. You know, so sometimes I think that, you know, I like the analogy of cleaning closets. Now, cleaning closets, none of us like to clean a closet. No. Um, and when we get a closet clean, did we really accomplish anything? Yeah, we might have a clean closet, but what did it really do? And why it's a it's a simple analogy because I think things that to make that practical sometimes emptying your inbox and your email for some people they'll spend time that's all they do is manage your email yeah was that going to get you any closer to your vision so you yeah. got to look at what are the most important things that you need to spend your time on because right. the reality is this people tell me I'm so busy I'm so busy I go busy doing what so even for myself I got 168 hours a week. The same that you have, JJ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got fourteen hundred and forty hours, right? Or or or, or, or hour, yeah, minutes in a you know, no, hours in a week, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look at those numbers, like why do some people get more done than others? And I think it really starts with your routine. Mm -hmm. And how do you make your routine your reward? Mm -hmm. What are you doing every day? How you start your day? I think the most important time if of my day is the first 30 minutes mm -hmm. my time to sit down spend time with my my lord mm -hmm. do my devotions pray write down what i'm grateful for because i'm a firm believer if you're not grateful for what you already have he can't bless you with more mm -hmm. make sure i write those things down every single day write down my goals every single day not once a day twice a day because i believe if you write down your goals twice a day do i have a better chance of Completion. to my vision mm -hmm. most people set goals in the beginning of the year and on, by the end of january only 13 percent are still executing on them i believe it by the end yeah. of the year only three percent mm -hmm. 
still stick to it. So you got to have that routine of keeping your goals in front of you. Right. Writing them down twice a day. So, and then I think that once you've done that, for, for me, what has worked is going right down. What are the three biggest things I can do today? And I do three 50-minute sprints of the biggest things I can get done. If I accomplish those three things today, I got a successful day. Mm-hmm. Then I can take on the rest of the whirlwind because we all got it. Well, we all have the stuff we got to do that we don't want to do. But if I concentrate on getting three big things done a day and start my morning, it's, it's, success is inevitable, I believe. Well, some Absolutely. people believe that it is luck, but just as Auerbach said, um, it is preparation meets opportunity. Right. And as long as you're constantly preparing. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about 5-4 and how you're providing resources for other entrepreneurs. Yeah, great, great question. Our, our vision at 5-4 is a battle for better business. Okay. And so what is a battle for better business? We put it in, into a construct of four Ds. Number one, you better define your culture. What's your vision? What's your mission? What's your values? How are you going to protect that with a code of honor? How are you going to have clear accountability of who's doing what? So it starts there as the bedrock. Number two, then, how do you design the experience? Many people think, oh, yeah, we provide great customer experience, but they can't define what a great customer experience is. Mm-hmm. So we take that, and we've worked with some amazing thought leaders, Joe Pine and Jim Gilmore, and they wrote the experience economy. And they really broke down what does a great experience look like. Well, we put that into a construct to help other businesses. So it's really there's five ways to deliver on a great customer experience. Number one, it's about time. The time that people spend with us, mm-hmm. how are we making that the currency of the experience? And how are we being intentional? So we teach people how to do that. Then it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Mm-hmm. So we teach people what are the key elements to deliver the service differently than anybody else whether you're an insurance agent, whether you're a chiropractor, whether you're in the banking business, there's ways that you can do it differently. Even how you introduce yourself. Then you go down to the third component is, is only and exactly. How do we develop an experience that's only and exactly around that end user to make it memorable? Then the fourth component is surprise. How do we surprise them? Mm -hmm. And fifth, all for one. And that goes back to vision, mission, values. So, that would be the, the two things. Define the culture, design the experience with that construct. Then we get into the third component, how do you develop the team? Mm-hmm. Just like we've already talked about, nothing gets better till we get better. How are you putting in ways to track, measure, and monitor whether your team's getting better or not getting better? Because you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting. Mm-hmm. So that's the third component. We put uh, strategy in place to develop the team and making sure there's team engagement towards the big vision and then lastly drive results what are the key performance indicators that you need to use in your business that ultimately drive results and we believe that a battle for better business starts with the define the culture moving to design the experience the construct to develop the team and then fourthly drive results with the businesses that you've helped through by four and you after you do the mission, vision, values, what's usually the overall uh, reaction from the business owner once you guys put in 5-4 training in place to the business? Yeah, I think the the biggest transformations that happen, and and that's what we're here. We're here to guide those transformations. I think the biggest thing that 
number one, getting clear about who they are, really defining the culture. Culture is one of those things that's misunderstood in business. We think culture is, you know, hot cookies on Fridays, jean day, you know, <laughs> bean bags in the open room. That that's not culture. Yeah. Culture is really setting what the vision is, and does everybody in the organization know what that vision is? Because mm-hmm. when you get everybody aligned, going the right direction, you get everybody's oars in the water rowing in the right direction. It's much easier. So I think that's the biggest aha. Mm-hmm. Then as they move into understanding, oh, this thing about customer service and changing their mindset and perspective to customer experience, those things are different. Yeah. Because customer service, do any of us want to stay in the customer service line? Do any of no. us want to call the customer service number? Mm-mm. What does that usually represent? Something, oh, yeah. A Usually, problem. yes, exactly. <laughs> I got a problem. Something. How do we get ahead of the problems? Yeah. Right. Right. And make mm-hmm. our businesses full of raving fans. And we can't serve, you know, we can't please everybody. But how do we create a business where we create our own tribes, mm. where we're really serving them and meeting their needs? No, I think that's great. Yeah. I, I know the organization I work for and everything. Having those defined and everything, I feel like we're on the same page. And mm-hmm. it's awesome. I feel like we're all on the same page. But as a family, it's like we look out for each other. Absolutely. So how do you manage adversity and doubt just in general? Yeah, um, great question. So I tell this story. And um, if you look at my my planner that I have every day, my, my I have my keychains. They're all wrapped in buffalo hide. And it's why buffaloes, because being in South Dakota, we've had a quarter of a million buffalo run mm-hmm. in the prairies. Mm-hmm. And I love the characteristics of a buffalo. And the characteristics of a buffalo have helped me fight adversity. Because when we look at a buffalo and we contrast it with cattle, when a storm comes in off the prairie, cattle will see the storm and they'll run away from it. Mm-hmm. The storm always gets them, but they still run away from it. Buffalo do the exact opposite. When the storm comes, they turn into it. Knowing if they turn into it, they're going to get through it a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So that buffalo always is reminding, I touch it every day. I've always got buffalo. If you look at my home, i got buffalo all over the place. <laughs> it's just a reminder. Face the storm. Mm-hmm. Don't run away from it. Mm-hmm. What conversations do I need to have that are crucial mm-hmm. that I don't want to have? Go have them. Mm-hmm. What things do I want to do that I don't want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, working out. Do I really want to get on that treadmill? No. But do I want to be healthy? Yes. Right? <laughs> do I what the cho- all the choices I make, those are the little storms in life. And my choices dictate my success. So with adversity, I think that really really embracing it and changing and looking at problems as more as gifts than true problems and not being a victim be, being a victor and watching my own language mm-hmm. so that's how I face adversity no I love it and I appreciate you sharing about the buffalo and everything mm-hmm. because that's pretty neat when I moved to South Dakota I learned about that and I was yeah. like oh my gosh they're facing it they're going straight yeah. after it and yeah, and it, it, it takes me back to just entrepreneurs, um, salespeople, if you, you got to make a difficult call or upset mm-hmm. customer, do that yeah. first thing in the morning. Right away. Do it right away. Get yeah. it off your plate, and then the rest of the day yeah. will go smoothly. 
Yeah. And you'll have that momentum to take care of other folks as well. So. Yeah. And so, well, as you said that, and I appreciate you saying that, most people don't do that. They, they make that the last thing they do. And I would say that that upset customer, that's a gift. And if you change your perspective of that, I'd rather have somebody complaining to me than not complaining and walking away and leaving. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. look at those as true gifts. You know, Shep Hyken, another guy that we do a lot of training with, he's a, an experienced expert. He, he talks about it this way. The moments of truth. And there's three moments of truth. There's a moment of magic in the experience. Mm-hmm. There's moments of mediocrity. Average. We already talked about average. We don't want to be average. Mm-hmm. And then there's moments of misery. Mm-hmm. Well, the moments of misery are really opportunities to turn those into moments of magic. Because you know in relationships, whether it's in business or personal, the cart's going in the ditch sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're 100% right. So, so how do you stick in that relationship to get that cart back on the road and go in the right direction? Right. And I think when you become a master at that and really lean into that, face that storm, mm-hmm. and those are the people that I think if I look at entrepreneurs, they're great at it. They just don't give up. Right. I mean, look at all around us right now. Look at Elon Musk, what he's doing in the world right now. Totally disrupting. First, goes and disrupts one of the largest industries in the world, in the automotive industry, with what he's doing with Tesla. Mm -hmm. Now with what he's doing with internet Mm -hmm. and the whole thing with space. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. After he made his millions, billions in, in PayPal, he almost went broke. With Tesla. Reinvesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he never stopped. No, he never He did. never quit. And I think that's a lesson I th- would say for a lot of business owners. Most businesses fail in the first five years. Mm-hmm. 80%. is because they don't they don't persist through the storms. Yeah. And being relentless and never giving up. Never giving up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know we talked a little bit about sports earlier, but like Michael Jordan. Yeah. At, I was never a big basketball fan, but I played sports through high school and college. Yeah. And with... Michael Jordan, he practiced so much and mm-hmm. he failed over and over again. And yeah. A lot of people don't even remember him. Yeah. He didn't make his varsity team. No, no. And man, he's one of the greatest ball players of all time. Yeah. And I always like his quotes. He's like, I ne- I ne- even after he won championships, he would still go back to the gym the next day. Right. And I was like, man, that, yeah. that says something about him. No. It, so if you want a great resource, um, Tim Grover. Tim Grover is, yeah, so, you know, we have some training that we do use for 5-4 with Tim Grover, so he's Michael Jordan's trainer, Mm -hmm. and I love, I've got to get to to know Tim, and and I just love pressing into the stories, because me too, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, tell me what he he was like, and and the thing is, is when he first hired Tim, he said, I'm not, I'm not hiring you to train me, I'm hiring you to to not train anybody else. That was his just diligence. Tim, I want you, I want you to push me. And his level of how relentless he was, it's yeah. a mindset. It is a mindset. Yeah. It's a, and, and if you look at Kobe Bryant was the same way. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade the same way. Mm-hmm. So, And I love those guys and what they did. But they weren't just amazing talents. There's a lot of talented people. Yeah. These guys had a different gear, and their different gear was discipline. It was. That relentless pursuit of excellence. And winning. The minute they would win the championship, next. Mm-hmm. Getting up the next day and going to work again. Yeah, they weren't satisfied. No. Nope. Any of those three no. guys right there. And, and I think that, that 
even in, in business, I think we can learn so much from that. Fall in love with what, what you're trying, what you, what, what you're trying to accomplish. It's not about the championship. It's not about the money. It's about really just that, that juice and that pursuit of excellence. So right. Yeah. And I think in that pursuit, also give yourself some grace. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and know that, you know what, if you're pursuing excellence, allowing yourself some grace, you're going to get there. And enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a term that um, I like to use of, called affluence. And many people, when I bring up the word affluence, they, they think money right away. Living an affluent lifestyle, don't we think money? But yeah. here's our, my definition of affluence. It's a flowing towards an abundant supply of options to live the life that you desire. So let me just pull that apart from it. Mm-hmm. Flowing towards, that means you gotta do it every day. Mm-hmm. It, that's about the routine. Of Flowing towards abundant supply. Abundant supply, lots of things. So in an affluent lifestyle, that might mean my faith, that might be the experience I get to have, that might be my kids' education, mm-hmm. yeah, that might be my bank accounts, right? Mm-hmm. And then gives you the options to live the life that you desire. Mm-hmm. And so the affluent lifestyle, everybody's, everybody's affluent lifestyle is different. JJ's, you'll be different than mine, man, you'll be different than mine. Mm-hmm. But when you define what that is, then it makes it easier also to get up every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that is true. Um, it's it's almost leverage in that aspect, and and um, everyone, like you said, has a different uh, mindset. But my mindset is leverage towards um, towards opportunity to helping people. Um, I would say, what has been your most um, significant achievement? Oh, great question! I, well, marrying my wife. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think that without her support, we've been married twenty five years now. And I, I think just having that that support, and she does more of the stuff behind the scenes to help support me, and also whack me in the head when I'm being an idiot, you know. So I think you know first and foremost, you know, marrying her, but then raising three great kids. You know, I you know my our family vision is, you know, work hard and love Jesus. You do those two things, mm-hmm. everything else is going to take care of itself. So as I look at my kids now, I mean, this next week, I, I get to drive my youngest daughter uh, down to Creighton. She's going to go play basketball for the Blue Jays. And my wife and I will be empty nesters, so we're having lots of conversations like, you know, how do we do mm. as parents, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, the fact that I sit here today and I think they all love Jesus and they all got a strong work ethic, um, I think that's, I would say, our greatest achievement. That's very amazing there. Yeah, for sharing that. So congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank yeah. you. And I lived in Omaha, so go Blue Jays. <laughs> know, they they know, always got a good basketball team, yeah, men, yeah, yeah. men and women. Yeah. So chiropractors generally emphasize to their patients the importance of living a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And your life seems very demanding. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you do to stay healthy and fit. Yeah, I wrote a book called Digit. And it was this... Um, thought process somebody challenged me one time says you know this idea of balance and living a balanced lifestyle and everybody's chasing balance I, I don't believe in it and as I look at my own health and I start to pull the balance apart why can't I be great at all areas 
And so I wrote this book called Digit, called The One Number That Will Transform Your Life. And what it is is it's an exercise to teach people that every 90 days, go into seven areas of your life and rate yourself on a scale of 10. How you doing? Okay. My physical health, my mental health, my financial health, my spiritual health, my social health. So we go through all those, those, the seven different things. And, I, and I'm telling you, every 90 days, I got a number that's not that great. Mm-hmm. I might be ignoring my family more than my familial health ain't that good. Um, you know what? Maybe my weight is more five pounds more or 10 pounds more than I want it to be. So I have to shift my 90-day goals to make sure that I'm paying attention to all seven areas. Too many times when we talk health, we talk our physical bodies. We do. We don't talk enough about what's going on in the mind. Mm-hmm. What am I reading? Who are the people I'm around? And so I document all of my 90-day goals. Then I write down, I, I review those every single day. I look at my, my, my daily planner. I write down all those things as it relates to my life each day. And that's how I stay focused on it. Because we all know this. Life happens. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay attention to it and you're not keeping it front and center, things get out of hand. Even like right. financial, you know, my dad used to pay me $50 to read a book and write him a report. So there's one book that I read over and over again, The Richest Man in Babylon, and another one, The Millionaire Next Door. And when I read that, I mean, I didn't realize it as a young boy, but I realized it as I grew older, just in looking at how I manage my money. And it's not that hard. But we, why do we always end up with out-of-money experiences? Because we're not managing it and keeping it in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I think financial health is just as important as my physical health. So I think when you, you know, you ask that question, it's a big question, JJ. Yeah. You probably didn't expect me to give you that answer. You probably told me, what do I eat? How do, what, how do I work out? <laughs> yeah, the, all those things are super important. But you know, how, you know, I, I, if you go to the physical aspect of it, you know, you can't supplement a bad diet. So first, it starts with your diet. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at every area of your overall health and start to put a plan together. No, I think that's very important. All those things go hand in hand. Yeah. Mental health, physical health, financial um, health, spiritual health. Yeah. Yep. What do you think, JJ, the number one argument couples have? Financial. Financial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, it's, no, my wife sit, and I sit down every 90 days and look at our finances. We have a, we have a system. My, my, one of my business partners wrote uh, the seven systems to uh, managing your money. And so I have seven different accounts. I fund them every day and every week. And I look at them every day and every week. And... You use a system to manage your money versus your money managing you. And uh, you, there, you know, and I, I think that when we talked about, many asked me the secret to success. There's really no secret, but there is a system, mm-hmm. right? And the different mm-hmm. systems you put in place and be intentional about. I love what John Maxwell says. You know, good intentions won't get it done, but intentional living will. And that's really about putting the systems in of every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for your answers, but you indeed are a mover and shaker. Thank you again for sharing such insight with our audience today, and we feel better equipped hearing your story. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Sorry. I still got some more questions. Go ahead. It's okay. I got got a few. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you could sit and visit with any trailblazer, um, past and present, or present, uh, who would it be and why? 
Boy, that's a big question. I'd like to sit with a lot of people. Um, you know, I would say Abraham Lincoln is probably the person that comes to mind first. Um, I just love what he did for our country. Um, I love it so much. I named my son after him, Lincoln. So I think that um, if I had the chance to sit with him and, and just talk with him, and, and I've read so much about him, you talk about a guy that should have never succeeded. You talk about a guy that has had more adversity and more problems. You talk about a guy that could have quit. And you talk about something, the things that he accomplished to really help America is pretty phenomenal. So I think that I would start there. That is great. That's definitely a good choice. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the next question would be, what's next for, for uh, Nathan Ernie? You know, I just keep chasing the the vision. And my vision is to enhance millions of lives. And so that's my personal vision. I take that into my other companies, uh, whether it be 5-4, Battle for Better Business, or my sidecar business of liberating chiropractors. I just, just you know, pray each day, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let me seek your will, and uh, let me use my gifts and talents because they were given to me. Now, what's my gift back to you? And so I think that's what's next. Just keep chasing that enhancing millions of lives. Well, we wish you the best. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Manny. <laughs> you indeed are a mover and shaker. Thank you again for sharing such insight with our audience today, and we feel better equipped on hearing your story. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, man. As a business owner, one quickly understands that your mindset is your business. It represents the path you'll take and how quickly you'll achieve success. The entrepreneur's mindset begins with your excitement about the success that is still to come. Maximizing the positive aspects of spotting and exploiting valuable opportunities without regard to resource constraints. Controlling the negative aspects of cognitive and self-serving biases to cultivate an effective mindset can truly be a personal competitive advantage. The road of entrepreneurialism is a journey of exploring, developing, learning, and implementation. Many people believe that a successful business relies solely on the business model, but there's more to it than this. To truly find success as an entrepreneur, you must develop an entrepreneurial mindset. Thank you for taking the time to focus. Until next time, I am your host, Emmanuel.